Hey, what's up, house? It's Aloha. Welcome to Culture Eyes. It is me, Makani. This is a space that we have created to share culture, whether it's ethnic, whether it's social, whether it's native, whatever it is. Uh, I truly believe if we understand a little bit about each other's culture, we're all going to be better off. Uh, and that's what we do, whether you're watching on TV, listening on the audio, audio portion on our podcast, social media platforms, whatever it is. If you're on YouTube, especially subscribe, hit all those things that validate our existence. But uh, as we do, because we are here in Hawaii, we create this space to come share um, knowledge and culture, we start this way to make our space pono. Mahalo Ilono. All right, that's the Kanaka kid. There you go. Always, always uh, starting things off. Go check out his YouTube. Uh, make sure you don't subscribe more than you do us, though. <laughs> uh, so we're we're sitting here uh, in the Culturized Studio. We're going to be sharing some culture. We're talking about uh, the culture of comedy, the culture of ethnic comedy, all all kinds of things. Um, so many titles I want to talk about actor, comedian. Um, I want you to add to those things, but ladies and gentlemen, James Monet, how are hey, you? Hey, how's brother? it? Thank you for having me. Um, so I want I always get into this title. So comedian, actor, um, are you a parent? I am. You're a parent. Uh, what, if you had to choose a title for you, what, what did you put at the top? Ooh. Okay, so because my kid will probably be watching, I'll say... <laughs> Proud father. <laughs> I like it. You, you know, you know there's an entertainer in there because it's like, who's my audience? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a proud dad. <laughs> proud uh, girl dad. There you oh, go. nice. Okay. Um, how many? I just have the one. Nice. Yeah. And uh, what, what's it like to be a proud father of a female? I think she taught me more than I taught her. Wow, I like that. Yeah. That's kind of been the theme when we talk about parents. It, we always say like that old Kung Fu TV show that the teacher becomes the student, student becomes a teacher. Wow, I like that. Um, before we get into a lot of family and whatnot, uh, as we do local style, hey, what high school you went? Where are you from? Oh, guarantee. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a Nali. I went to Aya High School, uh, nice. grad 93. And then after that went downhill. Uh, <laughs> But well, we're still trying. Um, yeah, I graduated Aia High School. Um, although you know, people always assume, oh, you're Samoan, you went Aia, so halava. No. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got my Samoan friend Richard Vienna, <laughs> who went to Mililani. <laughs> oh. well, Samoan, and even funnier because he was our fire knife dancer. People are like, oh, you must have played football. No, he didn't play basketball. <laughs> See, that's that's uh, the right? progression. If we went from. Uh, KPT, Alava, <laughs> and now we're moving to Pro Ridge, which is where I'm from, and now Mililani. I love that. Um, so went to Aia High School. Where, where did you grow up? In Aia? Or? I grew up in, yeah, in Pro Ridge, uh, Lipoa okay. Place, which is oh, across okay. from the uh, the Watercrest Farm. Oh, wow. With the two gas stations, the, the neighborhoods back there. A lot of people don't realize there's a neighborhood back there. 
Yeah. See, when I grew up, I thought that's the whole world was that neighborhood. I like that. Um, I grew up with um, Lao from Nijian Nine was my <laughs> neighbor. Yeah. He was actually my bodyguard. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> because he was older than me. So when the other kids, I was four years old. Other kids picked on me. He would beat them up for me. So his kids are my nephews. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I, he moved out when I was five. And then I grew up around uh, mostly Asian kids. That you read, can you read my, my, my next question was, so ethnic backgrounds, obviously Samoan. Mm -hmm. Just Samoan. What else? Nope, just Samoan. So growing up, Lipo Place, that whole area, a lot of Asian. What was it like growing up um, in that sense, outside of the house? A lot of Asians. Mm -hmm. uh, were you the only Samoan at the time? Well, it was me and my family, me and my, okay. my two sisters and my brother. Okay. Um, but we're, our ages are so far apart that I pretty much was the only kid with my group of friends. Uh, my best friends are Vietnamese, um, Korean, um, Filipino. Uh, got beat up a lot by Korean kids. Really? Yeah. <laughs> They, I, came, they came with their whole family. That, there wasn't, you go. <laughs> wasn't one person fighting. Which is funny that you say that because I guarantee you people today say that's how Samoans. Samoans come with the whole family. Yeah. But which I, I that's such a local concept. I love it that you and your family grew up, Lipo, and, and you recognize that everybody's Asian. Now, in the house, what, it, were you raised very local or very Samoan? Like, did you have feals every day? So... We were given fails, but I, so I was born in American Samoa, but raised in IL. So I'm more local. I became when I was eight months old. I don't, I'm not even, I'm sorry. I'm not even fluent with the language. I do understand if you're talking about me, so <laughs> watch out. That's the main uh, thing. Yes, That's the yes. main thing. So I grew up half in, half out okay. Samoan. Um, my parents wanted us uh, to get out of the Fa Samoa, which is. Somebody's having a wedding. No matter how how distant that cousin is, we all donate. Hold that thought because a lot of people don't understand concepts of of that and growing up as a Samoan coming to Hawaii and all that. But that's why we that's why we're here. We're talking about culture right here at Culturized. Bringing you what matters. Viewers can receive the Star Advertiser digital full access subscription for just nine ninety five per month. Go to StarAdvertiser.com and click on subscribe. Use the code AHAIFING. For all your money needs, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union is here for you. Visit HIFICU.com. Hey, what's up, house? It's Aloha. It is me, McCutty. Welcome back to Culture Rise. We are sitting with comedian, actor, dad, uh, James Mane. Mane, right? Yeah. Okay. So I remember the first time I met you, you one of your bits was your last name. <laughs> people, people couldn't get it. Yeah, but basically, I get Maine. Right. Um, when I tell them, I lived in, I went to college in Buffalo, New York. Okay. So when I told them it's Mani, they still couldn't get it. It just kept saying <laughs> Manny or Mani. It's weird. Mani. It's weird, people. Yeah. Like me, it's like, I'll rarely get a Makani. Hey, Makana. Hey, Mak, Mac, what? Never mind. Just, yeah. Just call me Mike. Yeah, I just but. tell them, just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now we're we're talking about growing up, right? Growing up, you born in, born in American Samoa, moved to Hawaii. Of course, you're, I, I love the fact that did your parents move because they knew they they want to they want to go, they want better for you guys. If that's a you know, well, that's what my mom's dream was. Um, my mom was saying, they say they told us it was for education. 
And that makes sense. <laughs> right. Better education. Okay, I get it. But then when we got older, my mom always liked um, the finer things in life. <laughs> so living in a village, you know, you, they're all farmers right. back home. And so she wanted to come here. And then now I think back when I was like four years old, five years old, and she had like the updo and nice. jewelry and she lipstick. Knew. She yeah. knew. She knew. She the, knew the marketing. We're going to Hawaii for better education for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> for I me. want something else. Yeah. Um, but there, there was still, I mean, th- this thing, you know, you talk about you're very local, but even within that, like I, the thing I like about, Samoan families is there's always the one thing I always look at is there's this respect that you have right so you say respect but it's something that's taught through a stick <laughs> See, I know, that's, the, that's the name of the so the, what, the, the salu what is that the salu yep, yep. Right? so it's more fear than respect <laughs> it's like oh watch out where, right where where because somebody's gonna know yeah, what you yeah. do um, in through I, uh, high school when Weird question. When did you know you were funny? Did you know you were funny or did other people tell you you were funny? I had an idea. I've always made comments while teachers teaching. And it's something that I had to like deprogram my daughter because I was doing comedy when she, since she was like six. And so she's been around sarcasm and trash talking and she picks it up. So it's something I have to tell her. It's like, okay, there's something that you and me <laughs> can do to each other. Don't, your friends don't get it. Your friends don't get it. So they're going to think you're a mean person. So don't talk like that. That's funny. I had, that's, that was the only teaching I'd done. But um, it, it was in, it started, I went to Alva Scott Elementary. Okay. I've always, I'm always the kid that gets sent outside. Say, James, get outside until you learn how to act. And you literally did. Yes. Learn how to act. Yes. I was outside to be (laughs) or not to be. So you, you, are you a storyteller? I've I've watched your standup. Are you a storyteller in in your own thoughts? Are you a storyteller or are you a scripted comedian? You know what I mean? So it starts out as uh, the setup and punch style of, of comedy, but I guess the, what you don't see is that we, when we go to the open mics or when we go to, we pop up places and we work on material, we start out with that one subject. It could be um, uh, like raising my daughter. I grew up as a jock. I don't know how to raise it. She wants to be a princess. I don't know how to. <laughs> Good luck. How did you have to throw on ball? Yeah, I, I can get you a scholarship. How about that? You know. So then all those little punches add up to that. You know that story. So it starts out as. The setup punch, but then you do you have ten of them all together about this one little girl. Next thing you know, you have a story. So I evolved into becoming a storyteller over years of doing the craft. Was was your family funny? In yes. in, in a because we know when when it comes to someone's they're like funny in this. Wait, at my expense, or was that just funny to say? This is true. <laughs> this is true. But then you laugh because you're scared. Yeah. <laughs> but it's my dad is, is really good with um, setting up jokes. Uh, there was a woman at work that gave me an invitation for a wedding, and I was supposed to give it to my dad because we worked at the same place. And then he, I gave it to him. He said, "Oh, I'll just go to the next one." So, <laughs> like what you were saying, that's how dad was. Mom was more of a like um, like a queen, like 
presenting things. And so when, when we had guests over, all of a sudden the house is really clean. I like and it. it's always, oh, come inside and, <laughs> and do that thing that you do and try to entertain. And I think from that, both of them, I became that comedian that wanted to entertain and I like That's where that. I'm at now. If you're joining us, this is Culturized. We're talking about uh, the culture of comedy. Um, and I want to get to what it was like to be. The, I read somewhere you were the very first Samoan to appear on um, national TV doing national stand-up TV comedy. doing stand up. Stay with us. This is Culturized. Culturized brought to you by Beachside Roofing, the leaders. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to Culturize. It is me, McCuddy, sitting with our good friend James Amane, uh, actor, comedian, dad, uh, grew up, uh, is a Na'ali'i. Um, so we're talking about, so you've been doing comedy how long now? Uh, about 12, 13 years. Nice. I, I think one of the first jokes I remember you doing for me was um, when the bus stops. Oh, Psh. Yeah, <laughs> so it's funny because that, that sticks out. And I, I've been lucky where I think when you're, you're a comedian, when your jokes are memorable, and if it's just something like that where the sound of the, the breaks or whatever, psh, um, I was walking in Chinatown on Hotel Street um, going from one venue to another, and then there was a woman outside, and she's crossing. She goes, hey, psh. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Every time, every that's and it's. I don't want to say it ruined it, but every time a bus stops, I and if somebody's next to me, it's like I heard this joke about that. They're like, "What are you talking about?" That, that's that's <laughs> what it is to be memorable, and then I guess that's how you live forever. But um, I, when I write, I try to think, "Oh, could this be on a shirt?" Is which is, they you know the people the I guess the artsy people in the in the in um, the craft he said you know you just gotta do what's funny or whatever something that relates to you don't try to make a shirt out of it but the business side you have to make something you got to you got it I, I love that um up until now one of your one of your most favorite jokes that you've written or you've done I would have to do it during the podcast session <laughs> <laughs> no no um I actually I, there's it's weird. So when you do an, a special, as they say, then you retire material. Oh. So I haven't done the bus material because I was a city bus driver for about 17 right. years. So I haven't done that material um, in a while because those are all pushed to the side as you write like and create new more material. Um, I do it as an encore when people, right. you know, hana ho, hana ho, then I'll come out and I'll do it. And then see, I, I'm, I'm always intrigued by the, if it's fair to say, the science of comedy, mm. because you're, you're not just you're, you're not just telling a story, but you have to make it to a point where people understand it. Yes. But find yes. humor yeah. in it um, with that. What was what was that being the first Samoan doing comedy now at the time? Was that was that? Did anybody have that correlation? Oh, how's this Samoan guy doing comedy? Um, I was lucky enough where in the audience um, at that night that I performed, there was uh, people that who that knew what who Samoans are, so they under they got with the jokes that I was presenting. But um, it was the show was for a series that's now on Amazon Prime, um, where. Um, 
it was specifically for indigenous people. So that was the, yeah, the Native American one, right? Yeah. So they wanted to bring out those people. And the person who was putting it together is a good friend of mine. And he said, you know what? The That's Polynesians, cool. you know, indigenous to the, the lands there. And he's like, why don't you, I'll bring you up and then you can perform in this show. And I was like, oh, this, this, I would That's love to. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. And it just and and how was the reaction? Of the I mean, you said there was a, there was a few Samoans who understood, but what was what was the uh, the reaction of of as far as me being Samoan? I was lucky that the people in the audience understood some of our stereotypes. I was just gonna say, do they get to the point where they're like, "That's we're a different shade of brown," but that's the same thing that happens to us. Well, a lot of it is is either NFL <laughs> or security. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of security, you just what was I just watching the other day on social media? Uh, you're standing at the front of a club. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, and everybody assumes that you're security. Yeah, I get it a lot. I've, there's been a couple of times where I've I've showed up to a show uh-huh. and people come to, oh, did you punch in already? I was like, punch in what? Yeah. Like, what time you start? I was like, the show starts at seven. And they go, no. You work here? I, was, I don't work That's here. That's funny. Or they'll just randomly give you an ID. Yeah. And I was watching that, and I was like, that is the funniest thing. And it was just this short clip. But the, I, I love the punchline. It's like, but you were security. Yeah. <laughs> right? well, see, that's the thing, too, is that although we don't like stereotypes, yeah. it actually works out for me. Because when I show up, and I'm like, show up at the club, and I just look at the someone bounces. <laughs> Sorry. Well, can. Like How many times you gotten into some place free? Uh, if you're watching us, this is Culturized. We're sitting with our good friend James Monet, and we're talking just storytelling, funny stories uh, about life and how he became. Now you're putting Samoans on the map, and far as far as the comedy scene goes, I want to talk about if there's other Samoan comedians out there. So when we come back, we'll talk more story with our good friend James Monet. Long's Drugs is always here for Hawaii, providing your family with their local favorites, accessible health and wellness services to keep you safe and healthy. Make Long's a part of your day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to Culturize. We're talking the culture of comedy. We're sitting with uh, the very first Samoan comedian to appear on national TV. Um, it was it was a it was just strictly Native American or just any indigenous. It started out as Native Americans, but they had other indigenous people as well. Is there, to your knowledge, is there any other Samoan comedians out there? Oh yeah, um, the really big one right now is Tumua Tuine, right. who's uh, he just completed his uh, first national tour, um, and he's he just sold out the Blaisdell Arena. And the show's not for another three months. Is there, would you see uh, Polynesian comedy festival uh, thing going on? There actually is one. Is there? Um, well, because the, 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 what's the two guys in New Zealand? Um, oh, the Laughing Samoans? Laughing Samoans. Um, would you join them or would you, uh, is there a tour? What is the tour that's going on? Um, well, there's no tour well, yet, but the, the festival that they do have here in Hawaii is uh, run by Annette Aranex. Okay. So Polynesian AF, can't say what the AF, Polynesian as... You, well, you I, can, I you say, can this, say it on the extended version. Yeah. Well, I, I, I told her, I said, oh, is that Polynesian Air Force? <laughs> said, wow, I never know we had our own Air Force. That's funny. I don't think we can fly because too heavy. <laughs> So we are overweight. We cannot fly our own jets. But. Does the, the Air Force, do they have the extension and the seatbelts? Yeah. 
That's too. So, and then they do have festivals in New Zealand because yeah, there's a large community of comedians there. Have you gotten down there yet? I have not. I there's people who have visited and uh, said, "Hey, you should come down to dude. our festival." I would. I don't have a passport yet, so I I'm also afraid of leaving the country because <laughs> might not get back. You know, right? I like McDonald's and you know uh, American culture. I, I'm too afraid to leave. You mean you don't want to eat mutton out in New Zealand? Yeah. Uh, so it's I, I love that that it's growing because you know so you see all these these you got you got the black comedians you got now there's this huge surge in in Latino comedians and Asian um, comedians, and Asian comedians yeah. right now are, are huge and I always think it, it's it's like a cycle so now you guys are coming up I would I would love to see a, a tour like that because um, laughing someone's because they're more they're more storytellers right yeah they, they're, they, they're, they're skits um, improvisers yeah improv okay yeah so they do yeah they do skits and and. Um, where stand-up is just solo. So the two guys, they feed off of each other. Where so, uh, stand-up is just yourself and just expressing what, you know, your thoughts. How difficult was it to stand on a stage for the very first time and, and not only knowing that you have to make people laugh, but just standing there? How, and, and how long was your... The, you remember your first set, ever? Yeah. How long was that? It was five minutes, and it was wow. at, uh, Fisherman's Wharf uh, upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was uh, that a Comedy Crusaders improv group. I remember that. And then I would go on and do my first five. And the whole day, I didn't. I, I was telling myself, "Don't do it. We're not going to do it. We're going to quit. Forget it." And he said my name wrong. I had to get corrected. <laughs> He said, ladies what? and gentlemen, James Maine. I said, I got to go correct this guy. <laughs> Who's the MC, Ladai? No, <laughs> He still says my name I, wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, so you, you're, that, you're, that was kind of your first time? And you yeah. had five minutes? Yeah. People don't realize five minutes to do comedy. That's Yeah, especially like, when everybody's just staring at yeah. you. Okay, make us laugh, clown. You know, like, what is... Uh, well, this is what we're going to do. I, we talked about Poly AF, but we're going to go to the extended version on YouTube. So if you're joining us, we're sitting down with James Monet. And now we want to talk about what, what it feels like to stand in front of a crowd for five minutes and they're expecting you to make them laugh. So this is Culturized, as we're talking about. Uh, hit the subscribe button, the notification bell, all those things that validate our existence. Find us on social media platforms. Again, this is Culturized. Hey, what's up, how's it? Aloha, it's me, McCuddy. Welcome back to Culturize. This is the extended version, so if you're on YouTube, this is where we get to talk uh, and not worry about what we say. Uh, we are talking about the culture of comedy. Um, we're talking, we're sitting with, I'm humbled and privileged to be sitting with James Monet, um, comedian, actor, dad. Uh, we talked about what it was like your very first, one of your very first sets, you did five minutes. Because a lot of times, even today, like, Sometimes there's open mics or people that are going for the first time. They're like, just do like two or three minutes. Yeah, yeah. And if you guys never stood on a stage before, just talking to people is crazy. But you had to make them laugh. Um, what was that like mentally? Uh, well, did you have that confidence already? I did not. Wow. I did not. It actually, I did my first joke, um, which was. Oh, I feel like I'm in an elevator. I'm the last one in the elevator, and everybody, I'm facing the wrong way. Everybody's staring at me, and then they're looking up at me because I'm so large. Uh -huh. And then they look over to maximum weight capacity <laughs> up on the top of the elevator. 
<laughs> and then everybody laughed. And uh, then I, it stunned me. Wow. And I, I forgot the rest of my material. Really? Yeah, for like um, uh, like 10 seconds, So wow. which feels like a long time. Right. So I'm like, oh, what's next? What's next? Wow. And then I just like uh, improv. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. They told me to come up with five minutes of material, but I only did four minutes and 50 seconds. So... 2009, <laughs> 2010. Okay, and then I remember what I was supposed to say. I are are you? What are you better at? Improv or pre pre writing jokes? Um, or you're good at both? Obviously, I that was well. I don't like to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty it. good at all of it. But uh, uh, the improv, I've been, I've, I've done well, but I like coming up prepared because then I get to create at home. Like I'm saying, okay. Here's some thoughts that I had or, or while I'm driving or something. Oh, this is a funny thing that I thought of and then present it. Uh, but the, the challenge is when you present it is the awareness of how did they how did they react to what I just said, being what I look like. So, like, maybe it doesn't work for me, right. but maybe it works for my friend who's uh, not so big and not so intimidating. So there's a lot of that at the open mics or showcase that I pop up in, and I'll say something just to look at their reaction. <laughs> so if I talk about violence, uh-huh. <laughs> not too good. Yeah, people are like, oh, I was like, oh, they're right. scared of me. Uh, you know, so it's like I, I gotta. There's a way so you gotta read to your present. crowd. Yeah. So that's the one thing that a lot of people that that do stand up is still aren't aware of. They just, I know this is funny. I like this, and you're just gonna take it. So when you see something on like Netflix or whatever channel and you see that it's working, but then let's say they go to they come to Hawaii and you get the local audience and then all of a sudden it's not working because different lifestyles, different True. cultures. So. Speaking of which, um, when when you do are are you early on in your career, were you doing more locally uh, driven comedy? Like if if you had to cross over to the mainland stage are you now doing or is it still the same just local driven or are you doing universal type of because i i live here and um most of the time i performed it was in town right so you get the mixture you get one table has uh you know uh, locals from the country one another table locals from town another table some from the east coast or or even from asia you know you never know who's in there so i think one thing that hawaii comedians have going for them is that they got to write their jokes and perform for a lot of different types. So they all got to relate to it or else you just get one table laughing. See, I always say that I, t- I say Hawaii comedians, they, they've got this extra, it, it's, I think it's a benefit. Like you said, it's an extra benefit because we, we can't just write for, you know, your neighborhood. It's yeah. like, you don't know in, in Hawaii, everybody is here. Another question is, do you notice even within Hawaii, like here we're talking about, you get people from the East Coast, man, the West Coast. Do you ever recognize in Hawaii or notice in Hawaii, even within a Hawaii crowd, people relate to different jokes differently? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I perform a lot with Tumo Twin yeah. Um, his crowd is usually heavy uh-huh. po- uh, Polynesian, right. uh, not heavy Polynesians, but <laughs> you're <laughs> correct. <laughs> also light Polynesians, <laughs> Polynesians who are in shape. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> so the big Polynesians and small Polynesians, but he, he has a lot of uh, local audiences and some nights where 
I don't like to point out regions of the <laughs> island. <laughs> we'll just go with you. <laughs> yeah. So there's like certain audiences that were like, ooh, it's right. going to be a rowdy crowd. Right. So they're going to talk back. They're gonna. So we did a show in Arizona um, recently, and I'll just say it. So there was Laie um, right. girls in the audience in Arizona, and uh. they were loud. <laughs> like not only laughing, right. but they go, "Yeah, you're right, brother." Oh. You know, it's like I was like, "Wow, I didn't know that we reached all the way into Arizona." That's like funny. That. So it does vary with the where people are from because you know West Side. You know, and Tuine is from the West Side, so they they're very proud of him. And you know, Waianae people are very proud of. Oh, regardless, yeah. If you're on Waianae, <laughs> we are backing you up. Right. So you know that he gets a lot of chatter when Waianae is in the house. Right, right. Which is, I'm not complaining. I love Waianae. That's Waianae. It's like you can beat somebody up in the ring and beat somebody up in the street. We're still gonna support yeah. you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so and, and when people when you tell people or do you even let people know that you're from IA? Oh, I do. Do I they trip do. out? Um, like we were talking about earlier, like oh, I trip out more when people cheer. Nice. So I I, I perform with Tumo at the um the concert hall, uh-huh. and the night it was the OIA championship game, and I coach. Uh, I'm one of the helpers or assistant coaches nice. at IA High School. Okay. And I couldn't make the game because I was performing. So I said, oh, you know, I feel bad because, you know, Aya's playing tonight. And, you know, I represent Aya. And then there was, like, a lot of people cheering. And I was like, wow, you guys lie. No way. <laughs> where you know, I'm going to come lick you guys yeah, after Where pop. were you guys when we was asking for a fundraiser? Oh, see, that's too funny. I, I like that how, how, again, another one of those things that when people see you on stage, I don't think they understand everything that goes into that moment that you're standing there or what even you're doing right there. You're reading the crowd. You're going to know ahead of when you go to do a gig, are you one of those that kind of maybe you walk into the crowd incognito wise and just kind of see and look, or do you just go on stage and get a, get a feel right there? Uh, I do peek sometimes, yeah. but uh, certain shows. Um, so I, I open for, it's funny because when Tumo started, he was opening for me. Yes, that's and it was, yeah. it was small shows. Uh-huh. Now it's giant shows, and I'm opening for him. Which he always tells me, you know, you know, say solely I apologize. I know, um, you know, you're you're not in the business to be an opener. I say, no way, man. You're making car payments. God bless you. <laughs> you're making <laughs> car payments. I can I can drive here legally because you pay me well. Um, so I love that for his shows. I'm the person that goes out and tests the water for because the op- that's what the opener should do. Even a, a host, a lot of people don't think about the order of the show. Yeah, it's not my show. The people I get friends that say, "Oh, I'm coming to you guys' show." I was like, "It's not. It's not my show. It's Tamu's show." So when I put out on you guys, better be at my show. <laughs> but it's my job to get the crowd ready for him. Yeah, and I think. Um, I couldn't make some of the, the, the mainland shows because I had other things that I was doing here. Uh, but uh, the feedback was that when we went to Arizona, I got the crowd, sorry, I got the crowd ready for him. They were hyped. They were, they were excited to see him because that's my job is to come out and then I start getting them to, to say his right. name. Yeah. Like, that guy's in the that. building. Right. You know, that's what your job yeah. is. And I think that's something I learned from radio. Mm. Uh, I used to DJ right. uh, with Cool E. Yeah. And he was the DJ. I was the hype man. I remember that. So that's what it is. You got to, you know, build up the show 
for the headliner. And even after the show, I don't go out and take pictures because this is his show. So I'm, it's a supporting role that I take on. And Speaking of supporting role, you, you're also an, an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, uh, is it Netflix? No. Oh, it was uh, actually on Adult Swim. Adult Swim. That's what I was thinking. That the the cartoon that my son always wants to watch. You, no, it's Nickelodeon. Yes. And then Adult Swim. <laughs> uh, are you still doing that? Um, so, what was the name of the show? Uh, Decker is That's the name right. of the show. And the funny thing, so it's alt alt comedy where it's supposed to look terrible. Yeah. But it's also funny because yeah. it looks terrible. So a lot of people think that somebody comes up with a camera. And it's just like some rinky-dink setup, but it's actually like a there's a science. Giant, that, yeah, was well, a giant uh, crew. Yeah, it was like maybe fifty people in the crew, and it's like no, it was huge. It's just it's supposed to look junk, and yeah. that's part of the joke. Yeah. Um, it's the the series ended because Adult Swim has a new right. president or owner, or whatever's, and they want to go more animated, so mm-hmm. they got rid of all of the live performances. Uh, but they still do stuff on YouTube. Right. Um, they're expecting a movie to come out soon. So, you got anything coming up, acting wise? Acting wise, no, because um, or is that? Do you want to go in that direction still? You know, so it's, it's pretty cool. You yeah, know, I like being like you know, people say, "Oh, you should, would you like some right. water?" Or would you like? <laughs> Because that was such a trick. I'm not used to that. You're like, comedian, oh, I can get it. Comedian, you go, you sit down by yourself in the dungeon, right. and you wait for right. your time to perform. Where um, when we were shooting. Um, two seasons it was you know there's so many people that's so helpful it's like oh you, you, can we get you this can we get you a chair I was like no I'm alright thank you as a local person right you're not used to it but um, so we shoot in LA and the other people they're like yes can you hurry up please and I'm like you're so rude right <laughs> see but I always say that's a good thing because you're, you're an example for them it's like hey do what that guy's doing easy you guys yeah, I've always the wardrobe people always love me not because I always wear big stuff but <laughs> Because I'm always appreciative. Right. They go, Did you say thank you? That's what, and I say, like, I always say thank you. Is that weird? Yeah. They, they just show up, put it on, and then leave. And I'm like, so I always get the biggest hugs from wardrobe people. And I say, oh, thank you guys so much. And I love know. that. So um, I know you're busy. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. Thank you for, for making time, uh, especially last minute, and, and coming to hang out and sharing uh, uh, just a, a little bit of your life with us, um, your acting life, your, your comic life, dad life. Uh, what do you got coming up as far as comedy? Uh, so I'm actually started a new podcast. I was okay. There you go. Actually, I have my own podcast called Hawaii Comedy with James like Monty, and I've been interviewing people. Uh, but I started a new one with a friend, Graham Elwood, called uh, Comedy Island uh, with Graham and James, and we talk about uh, like uh, current events, and it's just basically two comedians just okay. talking about what's going on and. We're going to do sketches soon, um, so it'll be posted on uh, social media. And not to talk bad about anybody, but the debate just gave us so much material. <laughs> we, were just, we were just talking about that because I, I had said what we need to do is we should put a cap on their campaign budget of like $2,000, give them crayons, markers, construction paper, and glitter, and have them do it like it's a high school election, and we'll see who really wants the job. Yeah, see who's the most creative. <laughs> see who can come up, you know, use the $2,000 exactly. right. Not like, oh, I paid $5 for this, and I used the rest to go Starbucks. I want to see that. I want to see the material. that, that 
every time something like that happens, I think of all these comedians like yourself. Think, oh man, yeah, these guys are gonna have a field day. I'd, I'd love to see this. So uh, we can catch your podcast um, on all social media platforms. Yep, um, I'll just search uh, at comedian James Money. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Comedian James Mane and TikTok. I'm trying to be a rich uh, teenage girl. So help me out on TikTok, please. I, I haven't gotten there yet, but I, I will follow you just to get a, get a TikTok just so I can follow you. Uh, mahalo, brother. Thank you very Thank much you for, for being me. here. Continued success. That's how we do it. We talk culture. We share with you. You got anything uh, you want to know about, uh, comment down below. This is Culturized. Culturized.